Hey guys, welcome back to the Boundless Podcast. This is your co-host, Skylar Kolsch. I'm here with my other two co-hosts. My name is Josh and I still have a stupid problem. I'm still sick. I'm still sick. After three weeks, I'm still sick and it's a huge, massive problem. Anyway, I'm also here with my other co-host. I am Elijah and I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, I feel really good. I feel good, it's just my throat. Josh. A little bit of ASMR there. <laughs> Josh's cough. Okay. ASMR well, we're going to get right back into it. Um, testimonies. Yeah, this is testimonies. Uh, it's my turn this week. Um, so we're going to, uh, yeah. Josh has to do something real quick. Alrighty, guys. So on the podcast notes, it says I have to slap my face. I don't know why Elijah just wrote it because... Elijah's Elijah, so I think Josh wrote it. As a no, I didn't write it. As a good example, I just think you like slapping yourself in the face. Yeah, so you guys ready for this ASMR? This is my flabby cheek against my hard hand. All right, we're good. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so flabby cheek. (laughs) His his the cheek on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks for letting me know that, Elijah Well, I mean Just so there's no other Elijah, you got anything to say before I start? I just want to say that, like, you know It's really awesome that God's giving me this face Because I'm so handsome Um, I'm also very humble, too (laughs) So, like, God's giving me humility And a good-looking face, so it's pretty cool. That is cool, Elijah. So we will be hopping right into uh, Skyler's testimony here. Yes. Um, you're in for a good one. Yep. And, yes. and like I said before, uh, what's nice about testimonies is that they just uh, continue to grow every single day. Uh, every single day that you just devote your life to Jesus. Yeah. Your testimony just grows and grows and grows and grows. Oh, it does. It definitely does. I'm only 19, so I got a lot of life left to be able to grow up my testimony. This right now is probably God like willing. in about yes, in about 40 years, hopefully. Um, in about 40 years, this age I'm at is probably gonna be like barely anything in my testimony. But right now, it's like a whole testimony. So yeah. But anyways, um, yes, we're gonna get into it. So um, as you guys don't know already, my name is Skylar Kolsch. I was born may 16th in 2002 so i'm uh 19 and uh as long or as far as i can remember i i think i was probably like four or five is probably the earliest i can remember and it was just the ordinary life me my mom my dad and my little sister i have um three other brothers and three other sisters but they're like all adult, all adults, so they weren't around um, when I was little. So yeah, it was just us, and my dad was always working, and he also had a lot of uh, anger problems with my mom. Never with me or my little sister, but they always fought a lot when I was growing up for like a year or two that I can remember with him. Um, and there was one day, like he's been, he's got. Uh, he was like arrested a couple times. I had to see that. It didn't um really take a like a turn down on me, I guess. Like some people um really hurts them to see that kind of stuff, but 
it was like normal for me for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Probably because it's just probably how it was that at least as I can remember. But um, it was sad. But he was. It was always like, okay, he's in jail or he's gone for a while. Or my mom and him are just not getting along. So it, yeah, it just it really didn't affect me when I was little. I guess. And I, I that's like my best way to describe it that I can remember. But anyways, um, after that, my mom and dad separated, and it was just me, my mom, and my little sister. We did move a lot around town. We always had, like, lived in the house, or I guess you could say apartment for a couple of years. Then by the age of, like, seven or eight, I could say. Um, I don't know really exactly, so I, I, if I'm lying, sorry, but I don't know. But I was like seven or eight years old when my mom started have, having to take care of her mom, which is my grandma. And for a uh, good amount of time, for probably about a year, we stayed here in my hometown. And my grandma wanted to move back up to her house, which was about an hour away from where we lived. And we were supposed to be up there for about two weeks. So we moved up there. Two weeks went by and then we ended up just staying there. So we left everything behind at our old place. And we were supposed to have some people move the stuff out for us because we couldn't we couldn't go back because we had to take care of my grandma. So we had people that we relied on to move all of our stuff out. I don't know if my mom paid them or not, but it never happened. So then whenever the eviction notice came to my mom for our apartment, they basically took everything. So we basically lost a lot of stuff. So we had nothing to go back for, I guess you could say. And we stayed up with my grandma for about a year. And then um, my other siblings started moving up with us too. They moved um, to the town as well, got their own houses. Well, actually just uh, one of my siblings, but she had a big family too. And then my mom's sister, my aunt, moved up too. And they basically switched places. So my aunt was taking care of my grandma. And then my mom moved in with my older sister, and that's where we all moved into. And it was a pretty full house then. It was a pretty nice house, but we had, I could say, nine nine or ten of us in that house all the time. So, And we were homeschooled for, um, it was like half of the rest of the year, so after Christmas. So it was pretty hectic then with everybody there. We had like two guinea pigs too that were always annoying. I don't know if you guys know what guinea pigs do all the time, but they just squeak 24-7. No matter where you put them, they just like to just make noise, and it was super, super annoying all the time. They are kind of annoying. They're like small little hamsters. Like, no, yeah. they're like big hamsters, right? Yeah. Well, um, look, They're like of. Josh. I'm a big old hamster, baby. So you're that you're like a big hamster that just doesn't shut up. Yeah, and no matter where you put them, they just do not <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to slap a teacher, catch a felony. Well, right? actually, I don't think you'll catch a felony, but yeah. But no, yeah, so it was it was uh, a houseful. And then we started going to school, made a lot of new friends there. And it was like a new life, honestly, because literally we had, or um, I can't imagine like people, especially in the military, always moving and stuff. And they moved, like I, was, I only moved an hour away. I, some people move 
like six hours away. That's like a totally different culture in some places. So they, yeah, it's pretty hard. And I, I did pretty good, I think. I made a lot of new friends. Um, and we were basically getting used to uh, living there and stuff. And then all of a sudden, my mom wanted to come back to our hometown. So uh, we spent a couple weekends. Like every other weekend, we would go back down and look at houses and stuff. But uh, it's really hard to find anything around here, especially like now. It's been like about 10 years later. It's really hard to find houses and they're a lot more expensive now. So it's even harder. But we were looking around and my mom and my sister got in a fight while we were down here. My sister was still up there, though, and they just were they're on the phone. They got in a fight. So my mom decided to stay here, but we had nowhere to go. So we were like literally planning on staying in a parking lot in Walmart, at least for that night, to find out what we we're going to do. But in, my mom... In the van at this moment, you had just you, your was, mom, and your sister, yeah, right? Yeah, so it was just us three, and we had a uh, Dodge Durango. So How much stuff do you, do you have? Did you guys have many belongings? Or no, we didn't. Have, like we, It was the same thing. We left everything again, basically. And Man. yeah, so we had, uh, it was just us in the car. So we went shopping that night. So we did go to Walmart and went shopping to basically last. Like we bought pillows and blankets, um, food and stuff. But my mom, I don't know how she found it. I don't know if she found it on like Facebook or where, where she found it, but she kept going back to these apartments. It was, um, it's next to our church that we go to currently. And it was called the Estra House basically for single moms that can't uh, support themselves. And if they had kids, they basically go there and they work for the church to basically live there, but they still had to pay rent. But my, I don't know how my mom found it, but she kept uh, trying to go there that night. We went, like we drove by there like three times. All the lights were out and I don't, it was probably about 10 o'clock at night or something. And my mom, was calling people because I guess I had a phone number or something. No one would answer, and we were, went back to Walmart, and we actually went back inside Walmart to buy something. I don't, I think like some more necessities and stuff. And my mom had a feeling just go back there one more time. We go back there. There was this lady sitting out front, and my mom goes and talks to her, and then literally like that, like we uh, got a apartment, a small little apartment. Um, couple of the ladies uh came and visited us just introduced themselves and gave us some food like canned food and stuff and they said tomorrow night there's a church it's a uh, popless and uh we would like you guys to come and my mom told me that's basically her job now or she's like i have to work tomorrow so we gotta go i was like okay and i didn't know about god this much or i i really didn't know about god at all um, we, we just grew up like just the, the world life and were you guys, um, did you guys consider yourself Christians at all before you came to the town you're living at now? N no, that's like, I had no idea what like religion was a thing. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. It was, it was like, I did know about church because you would see them everywhere. And sometimes my older sister, she took us to a couple of churches, but we never went inside because she like went in there, looked at how the church was, but it was it wasn't like just a regular church. I think it was like probably 
a Catholic church and a Mormon church we went to, but she didn't like how it was. So we never went to one, but I knew what a church was, but I never knew what God was. I never knew what Christianity was. So, and I was just little. So even just then, I wasn't even really thinking about it. So that's, um, that's how it was for me for a while. And then we went to this church, met a lot of people there. That day before we actually went to the church, um, all the pastors and the youth leaders came to our house and introduced themselves. And they said, they can't wait for us to go there tonight. And I thought it was just uh, somewhere. I thought we were just going to go eat and hang out. That's what I thought it was. We went there, had a good time, met a lot of people because our church was really, really open and just uh, loving and just loved on us and stuff. And it was really weird for me, actually. Like, I'm not that kind of a person, especially with someone you have, like, you don't know at all. And they're like, what the heck? This is really weird, but okay. I honestly thought they were just doing their job. Like, they were just, they were supposed to be nice. So I'm like, oh, they're just doing their job. And my mom gave her life to Christ that night because they had worship there, too. And she was, they call it slain by the Spirit. And she was, yeah, she was saved that night. So it was awesome. And we started going to church. During that time, we went to church about like six days out of the week. So it was like almost every day. So I really started, I learned a lot and, and we were growing up in the church basically. So from nine years old to about 13, I was, uh, I was in the church, but I never uh, gave my life to Christ yet. So, and I didn't have anything. I just was, just, I guess you could say, like feeling it out or something. And about 13 years old, I gave. I talked to one of the pastors. Uh, I said, "What is it like to give your life to Christ?" Or I said, "How do I do it?" And he's like, "Oh, it's pretty simple. All you gotta do is just give, or just say you're gonna live for Him." Just. Uh, well, he said something, uh, I can't remember. It was like a nice, like, not like a quote, but it kind of was a quote, but I can't remember. But anyways, I gave my life to Christ, and we went, and a couple a couple of missionaries, they prophesied over me, and I that's the first time I felt God's love. And I was on fire for God for a couple of years. And it was, it was amazing. It was probably the best time, like, it was... I probably was closest to God then, I think. And the church started growing. There was a bunch of youth. Like, our youth was really big. It was huge. Yeah, there was a lot of kids. And it was starting to come to the age for a lot of us where everyone started having crushes on each other. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. So, yeah, Josh had... Someone he had a crush on. I did. Like three other or two other of our buddies did. But and that or we had another buddy, but he acted like he never had or never liked anyone, but he did. We know. We had this uh little triangle. Me, another one of our friends, and Skyler. We all had like a considered liked person where we weren't like exactly dating 
But yeah, because like none of us other. were allowed to date. Yeah. And I was like 13. I, I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16. Yeah. So. And I was like 11. Wow. <laughs> so crazy thinking you were 11. But yeah, so. um, Yeah, we basically all were growing with God. But the girl I liked, I started to really like. And we, we, weren't, bas- we weren't dating. We weren't allowed to date, but we basically were. And we got to the point, like, a couple years went by. We got to the point where we uh, fell in love. And I lied to you. going <laughs> I knew okay. he was going to do that again. <laughs> yes. But it started to go downhill for us because we were not guarding our hearts correctly. And obviously, being that young, falling in love, you really want... You're excited. It's all new. It's brand new to you. So you take advantage of it, kind of. And uh, like I said, we weren't we weren't dating, but we basically were. Basically, did everything a couple would. Took advantage of times being alone, and we grew really, really, really far apart from God. Sinner. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we uh, fell away from church a lot. And our relationship, since Jesus wasn't in it, it started to go downhill too. So we ended up separating, and I was probably in the darkest time of my life, even though I'm only 19, and I was about 15, I could say, 14 and a half. So I was I was pretty young. I was like I pretty young to be able to have a heartbreak like that. And I don't think anyone should have anything like that it's that age because you want to like I kind of regret letting that take over me because I didn't get to live my whole teenage life. Like I didn't get I, I was focusing on being on being in love and breaking up. Basically, it really took a turn on me, really, really affected me. And yeah, I she it hurt her a lot, too. And it hurt me seeing her hurt, if that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was really hard for me. And um, my friends, Josh was I never got to hang out with Josh that much during that time. No, he was because, too busy doing yeah. other things with other people. Yeah, well, no, but yeah, he never hanging out with his girlfriend. He got well, he got to. He never Josh. hung out with me either. So yeah, that's kind of sad. Yeah, well, I didn't it's know about Elijah. Then. But um, yeah, so my other friends. So I'm not saying it was Josh or Elijah. I didn't know Elijah yet, but my other friends. You sure. Yes, I didn't know Elijah. <laughs> I was there when you were born. Exactly. <laughs> I was the doctor. I delivered you. Oh, man. You were? <laughs> Wait. Yes, I doctor? was. I was four years old. <laughs> You're like, you got this. <laughs> so, yeah, they were not there for me, sadly. Only my mom, and I was not relying on God either, so... Um, I looked basically looked to my mom for answers and stuff, and she was there. She was really supportive. She's been around for a long time, so she knows a lot more than I do. 
You just call your mom old? <laughs> huh? Mom, I love you. You hearing uh, this? You hearing this, mother? You hearing this? He just calls you old. I mom, know. I love you. Keep that for the well, book. Don't listen well, to them, mom. Don't listen to them. You're young. Quotes from other and people. nice. Exactly. And I don't even you know are you. are young and nice. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I am. So, yeah, I... Um, she helped me a lot, but I was still really hurt, and I tried to basically cover that pain with other distractions, and I got a job, and also I was in sports too, so I was uh, pretty distracted for a long time, and I was not having God in it at all still, so for about three, four years... God wasn't in the picture at all. I was just living life. Uh, thought I was doing good, but I wasn't. And before I also before um, I get to that part, also another big part of my life too. Before I fell in love, I met one of my uh, best friends in the world. Uh, he started coming to church too. He basically was in the same situation with his mom but his mom and dad they split up and he was I think he was from California but he moved down he moved down here and he was in the extra house as well so and we're around the same age his name was Eric and we grew really close together and we started hanging out a lot too for about six months um, it was just me and him would just always hang out. We used to go to this youth thing with one of our youth path pastors like every Friday. Josh used to be there. It was us three, but I was basically the third wheel. And yeah. Skyler and Eric were like inseparable. You <laughs> couldn't get them to separate. Like either no matter and we were neighbors too. So yeah. I lived in the same complex that Skyler was talking about that they moved in when we first came to the church. So they were always together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were, I was, yeah, I was the third wheel and it was yeah. a good time, but they used to make fun of me. Poor Josh. Yeah. I'm sorry, brother. It was, it was funny sometimes though. We used to, <laughs> we weren't like bullies, bullies, but, uh, if we were like talking about jokes and stuff, Josh used to laugh a lot. And one time we were making fun of his laugh. He started crying like crazy. Cause I would, my, my laugh was okay. But How I would try to it. hold it in, so I'd end up, like, making this weird noise and then releasing all of it all at once, <laughs> and it sounded ridiculous. Do a sample. Yeah, go do ahead and do a sample. Why the so, chicken? I don't even think I get... Okay, gotcha. Cross the road. <laughs> Why did... What, what happened? Why the chicken across the road? <laughs> I don't know. To get away from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> He sounded like, like a goat. He sounded like a goat. Yeah, That's bro. Cool. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I'm losing my voice. Yeah. But he used to basically hold it in and then burst out <laughs> laughing at the last second. It was horrible. And yeah, it was funny. It so. was it was a little bit better than what I just demonstrated. That was yeah, pretty bad. Way different from this. He didn't sound like a goat. We would have said something if it sounded like a goat then too. And then he probably would have told on and said we were saying you're a goat. Which is not a bad thing now. If people call you the goat. You are the goat. That's right. I'm the goat. I'll just ram you around. 
You're the greatest of all time, the <laughs> GOAT. Thank you. Appreciate you. But anyways, yes, we uh, we were really, 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 really best friends. And like every other weekend, we would uh, spend the night with each other. We had the same class both years, my fourth and fifth grade. So whatever age I was then, I don't remember, but I remember the grades. And half year, or about around Valentine, so was that February, right? Yeah, so around February, um, he has a, um, asthma, so it really took effect on him. He also had only one lung in his body, so yeah, it was pretty hard for him to breathe a lot. He was That's like half of what most people have. Oh um, my gosh, what the heck, bro? <laughs> why why did you say that? <laughs> Get it. He goes, he goes he only had one lung. By the way, that's half of what most people have. There's some dumb people out in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to let the dumb people know? Yes. Definitely cutting. Sorry, I had to let the dumb people know. <laughs> oh, cutting that. Okay, but anyways, yeah, he he had a lot of asthma problems. Um, there was it got really bad for about a month. He had you what was it called again? That thing I was talking about last time. Uh, he had, he probably had a ventilator. Yeah, ventilator. So it comes with these little um like pods of liquid. Basically, you put it into this machine and it makes basically like steam or something. Some something like vapor. That. It yeah, vapor. vapor. So yeah, he he had to breathe, or he would um. It's basically his medicine to help him breathe and open his airflow. And he had a bunch of them, but he would take like one or two a week. And one not or one weekend, I was um over at his house. It got really bad for him on Friday, going into Saturday. He was. In the morning, it was really tough for him. And then Saturday afternoon, basically till dark, he was pretty good, uh, breathing fine on his own and stuff, and not, like, panicking or anything. <clears throat> and then Saturday night, it got really bad for him again, and he was basically using a ventilator with those little pods, and he only used one or two a week, but that night... He stayed up all night, basically. And that's the first time he ever spent like stayed up all night too. So, but he was uh, really scared of dying. And he kept telling me that too. But he's always said that every time he had like a little scare or something. I would just always tell him he's fine. But he uh, basically spent or stayed up all night. I was asleep. We woke up in the morning, Sunday morning, around eight or nine. Um, I woke up and he was, he had like a huge problem. Like he used like 30, 30 to 40 of those pods in one night. So, which is like incredibly a lot. Like, yeah. um, usually when you go on a ventilator, it's because your inhaler is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a reset. So um usually you do it once maybe twice yeah but to do it like 30 times in one night is absolutely insane so yeah he was basically just like living off of it and that's how like how much his asthma was attacking him and he we he was basically running out and 
his parents woke up and they said, "All right, let's we gotta take you to the hospital." He was crying his eyes out. Um, he was definitely getting pale. He was getting weak. We had to help him out into the living room, and he's basically uh, crying, saying he doesn't want to die. And at that moment, it's like it, it all happened so fast because he was, even though he was having troubles, he was still, like he was still there. He was with us, so uh, it seemed like pretty normal. Take him out to the living room. We're putting on his shoes, and then that's when he starts to like go downhill from there. And uh, I didn't like see him like like trying to breathe really hard or anything. So it. Like, still to me, it seemed like he was okay. But he told me to go get his inhaler. I went into the room, grabbed his inhaler, and get, tried to give it to him, and I saw his eyes close. And we were trying to wake him up right there, and I'm trying to, like, I don't know what to do, so I literally tried to, like, like basically pump it into his mouth, but he's not waking up, and uh, it got, he his dad or his stepdad felt no pulse so then that's when we called 911 they sent me into the other room and told me to start packing up because they didn't want me to be there and they threw him on the ground tried to do CPR uh the ambulance comes I'm packing up and at this time I'm like really like I wasn't like scared because I think I was in shock it was really not like getting to me so it like to me it still seemed pretty normal in a way I guess you could say I wasn't like freaking out or anything. I go back out into the living room. Uh, they're doing CPR on him. They have uh, machines on him, trying to basically get a pulse out of him. And he actually had a smile on his face. And I going back to talk to my mom about this. Uh, she believes, and I believe it too, is that he saw Jesus right there because when he when he first. Um, basically passed out he was he wasn't smiling or anything but he literally had a big smile on his face when he was on the ground right before they started putting um like a mask over his face and stuff so that was uh pretty touching to me at least but he goes to the hospital my mom picks me up we go to the church real quick because uh one of my pastors just wanted to pray real quick and he wanted to know what happened because they told the church. I think my mom probably told. I don't know. You were at church. How did you guys find out? Um, <clears throat> I don't remember. Like, I remember them announcing. I don't even see. I don't even remember who announced it. I just knew that Eric was in the hospital. And did like was it in the middle of the service or was church ended? I don't even remember that part. Man, yeah. I so. just I just remember being in the church. I think I was standing up next to Pop though. So yeah, they send him, they rush him to the hospital. We end we end up going there. They start doing uh, like X-rays and stuff, and they actually said he actually had where he didn't have a lung. It was, he had a little one like growing somehow. So that gave me a lot of faith that he was gonna be fine. But they said they're gonna they have to take him to uh, Reno, which is about an hour from us. So they uh, care flight him up there. We stayed here, uh, his mom and his stepdad, they all go up there. We, stay, we stayed um, back at home, and a week went by. He was basically on, a, on, basically on life support, 
they couldn't get any brain activity so that's what the biggest thing was for him to basically be alive was brain activity even though he was breathing because of life support and stuff and they a uh, week went by he had one more week left before they unplugged it uh they tried all kinds of things they like froze him i guess uh like that's the only one i can remember but they did a lot of tests to try to get brain activity out of him and he uh basically no response so uh the day before they were gonna unplug him they were gonna do like one more test and i think that's what it was freezing him for the night or something and they said they would tell us by tomorrow what was gonna happen and the next day went on went to school went home didn't hear anything at all that day and i kind of figured they just unplugged it the next day it was a Saturday, so I get a call from his mom. She was crying, and she told me that they unplugged him, and she was sorry and stuff. So it was pretty emotional roller coaster there. And a week went by. We went to their house, cleaned out his room. I basically took a lot of his stuff because we we're the same age, so I fit in a lot of his clothes. I took a lot of that, uh, his, basically, like, everything he owned, and I only have a couple of things now. He had a lot of Pokemon cards, so I know, like, Pokemon is a big thing right now. Right, Elijah? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, not saying I would sell them or anything. I don't think they're worth anything. They're just old Pokemon cards, but uh, that's the only thing I really have left, and... Uh, it's something I guess good to remember by, but yeah, it was um pretty hard. But I know he's uh, doing good in heaven. He's probably running around because he could never do that too. Whenever he was here, I always like try to race him, or we would do like football or anything. He could barely play because it was pretty hard for him to breathe like that. So he's probably doing really good now. So. Eric, if you're listening to this, me, you, and Josh, and Elijah are going to challenge you to a race. Hi, buddy. You're going down. (laughs) You're going down. Got anything to say to that? I'll be in skinny in heaven, so I'll be good. So you're going to win? I'll win. You're going to be in skinny jeans in heaven? (laughs) Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Skinny jeans in a race. All right. Hopefully they don't rip. So yeah, that's my story. By the way, I'm notorious for ripping my jeans. So if I had skinny jeans in heaven, those things would rip right away. <laughs> Just automatically. It's it's automatic. Yeah, Josh is the master of ripping jeans. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys that I forgot to say that before I went on to falling in love and stuff. But yeah, that was my best buddy. That hurt a lot too. I still went to church after... Um, all the mayhem happened with getting heartbroken and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But I was just basically playing church, and if you guys don't know what that means, that means you basically are going to church, acting like you're Christian, thinking that you're doing good, but you're not. But you have a COVID mask on. 
Yeah, I guess you could say that. A COVID mask or just a mask, yeah. <laughs> a spiritual mask, not a COVID mask. Yeah, I was basically really far from God. Didn't seek him at all. And I went. Uh, so a couple years went by. I was going to church, attending youth group and stuff, but I was not. I didn't have a relationship with God. So I was basically playing church. I went to, by the age of like 16 and a half, 17, I went to a men's encounter, men's retreat kind of a thing. And one of the guys there, his name was Jacob. Shout out to Jacob. Yeah, Jacob! And also forgot to say, shout out to my mom too. Yeah, yeah mother. I love you, mom. <laughs> yeah. You're weird. What, my mom? No, Elijah's weird. Josh just okay. called you weird and old in this podcast. Wow, so. Josh. Wait wow. Wait a I was talking to wow. Elijah. Wow. I love you, Skylar's mom. You're not weird or old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, disagrees. he when he told his testimony, it was basically the same thing. Uh, well, I was basically going through, but he was in his thirties, so uh, he was has been a long been around for a lot longer than I was. But we prayed together because I was just uh, just having a hard time like seeking God, and uh, he told me you like the first thing you need to do is give your life back to Christ. I said, what? I already did when I was like 13. He's like, no. You fell into the world, and you got to do it again. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, because you're not going to go anywhere if you don't do that. This is like the first steps. So I said, okay, we'll do that again. So went through the process, and actually the next meeting... I felt God's love again, so it, uh, it was an awesome weekend. I come back, and my pastor, she asked, how was it? I said, pretty good. It was actually really, really good. And then she's like, okay, what you got there, don't leave there. You got to bring it back and fulfill it and live with it. Yeah. So that really stuck with me because even though that's like a pretty simple thing to say, um. I like I probably wouldn't have done that or something. I probably would have just had a good time, um, and just come back, live a normal life. Shout out men's retreat and Jacob. Woo! They're all right, I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically started feeling God's love again. I started getting into the Word, uh. One of my old teachers from a school uh, called the Sozo Learning Center, which we had for a couple years, uh, I was, she gave me this uh, teenage devotional, and it was a really good book because it, even though it was 365 days, it had like 30-day plans um, that you would read, and it said, like the first one was Seeking God and Worship. That's a, one thing I really had a hard time doing especially because I was really like that was like one of my biggest things of my relationship with God when I was 13 was worship 
feel like I was really close with him with that. And coming back into it, it was really hard to just uh, get back into that. So I, we, I worked on that. So if you guys, and there was a lot of different things, but if you guys have troubles with stuff, uh, it's really good to get some kind of a de- devotional book or um, even like the Bible on your phone. It has a bunch of plans stuff. I really recommend reading those. Not, 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 I'm not saying rely on those, but they really helped me out with my walk with God. And I don't know, they, they could probably help you too. So, yeah, so that's it. It was, uh, I don't remember what the book's called. I'll leave it in the description and I'll send it to you because I don't want to forget either. Okay. So, yeah. Um, couple years was still went by I was doing really good with God but I was not given everything to him so I was still relying on myself to take care of my family my mom was taken care of at this point she's taking she was taking care of like seven kids uh, my little sister uh, I was basically moving out but then her grandkids as well so it was really stressful for her. We always had financial problems. I tried to help as much as I could. My job at the time was always uh, different with hours. So I had like 40 hours a couple weeks, and then it would go down to like 20. Sometimes it went to 30. So my money was always all over the place trying to take care of my own bills and plus paying rent and stuff. It was kind of hard for a while. I was just basically relying on myself, not praying to God about it, not asking God. That was like my biggest trouble for the last couple years was not giving God the war and just trying to fix everything myself. And I went to another men's encounter. They prayed about it with me because they asked why I was there. And I said, I already gave my life back to Christ, but I don't know what I'm like struggling with. I think I'm doing pretty good. And then he's like, okay. And he started praying. He's like, you're not giving it all to God. And I said, I think I am because I'm not like doing stuff bad, I would say. He's like, no, no, you got like, you're holding a lot on your shoulders that you're not supposed to. And that night I did not realize what what he was talking about, but we prayed about it. I definitely felt peace. And then the next day I was like, oh, it's because... I'm just worrying about my mom, worrying about my family, worrying about what tomorrow is going to bring, what the next month is going to bring, what next paycheck is going to bring. Just like always worrying about that stuff and not just relying on God, knowing that he will take care of it. So that's what I would say. I was not giving God the war. And I worked through that. I still have troubles with that, like today with some stuff. But I'm really working on them a lot better. So, yeah, that's that. My last thing. And if you uh, tune in in a couple of weeks, I will actually be um, teaching a little bit about uh, Matthew 6, which is um, uh, pretty much Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about not worrying about tomorrow. So yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah. So are you giving them spoilers, Elijah? How dare you? Spoiler alert. You're not supposed to God do that. Won. Everybody cover your ears. Well, it's too late. <laughs> That's true. 
So yeah, that is my testimony. I am still not perfect. I never will be. Really? Yes. None of us are perfect. Dude, I thought you were perfect. I think you're pretty perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Skyler. so much man for living a full life yeah no problem your story and being depressed so that way you get to enter- entertain people listening to our podcast and what? give I mean, them what? and give them hope that they can be depressed any so you ca- can entertain uh, people oh. that are listening to <laughs> I mean, our okay podcast. i'll take it i'll take it because they can because then they can apply that in their hey, lives whatever hey, they're going through too. So, Huh? I already okay. gave you a shout out last <laughs> podcast. This is my this is my spotlight, bro. <laughs> this is his spotlight. <laughs> well, yeah, no problem. I'll say that for the least, no problem. So, thank you guys for listening. I hope my testimony encouraged you guys, and you guys did learn a lot about me. This was my first time as well telling my full testimony. I like I've told bits and pieces to everybody, like Josh. My mom, a couple other buddies probably know, like, the most, but they've never heard my full testimony. So Josh It's has never actually, been in one sitting, yeah. Yeah, so Josh and Elijah and everyone listening has heard Skylar Kolsch's first testimony. Hey, real quick, though, let's give a shout-out to everyone listening! Yeah, <laughs> listeners. Yay! <laughs> oh, Share geez. with your friends. Yes. Share with your enemies. Share with uh, the guy that uh, bags your groceries. Share with uh, the mailman. Share with share with uh, the dog down the street. Should we share with Karen while we're talking to Ka- yeah, Karen? Karen. Share with Sharon just while say, we're talking to Karen. If a Karen's being mean, just say, Jesus loves you. Listen to Boundless Podcast. <laughs> yes. But On always Spotify. Say, always say Jesus loves you first. Uh, yeah. Keep, keep Jesus first. And don't throw hands. <clears throat> Unless they're hands of healing. (laughs) That was Josh, by the way. It was. I'll take full claim. Hands of healing. Yes. That's the only times you throw hands. Okay, yeah. That works, too. So. So. Hey, Elijah. Can you pray? Sure. Bow your heads, peasants. All you sinners, bow your heads. Oh, man. Um, Dear God, uh, I thank you for another amazing day, Lord. I make sure to thank you for another day because... It's you who've given it to us. Like it's you that raises the sun every single day. It's you that get us gets us out of bed. It's you that gives us breath, Lord. I pray for everyone that's listening that um, that if if anything uh, that they just can be encouraged uh, throughout the day, throughout the night, whenever they're listening to this, Lord. I pray uh, that uh, you uh, heal them uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically, Lord. Um, I pray that uh, that even with us uh, doing this podcast, that uh, we're not doing this for fame, but we're doing this to shine light on you, Lord, to put the spotlight on you, Lord, because without you, we would be nothing. Without you, uh, this, this would not be happening right now, Lord. Uh, I just think it's amazing that in every step, in every situation of our lives, you've guided us to this moment. You've guided the listeners to hear this moment of time, Lord. And I appreciate that. Uh, we love you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right, you guys Elijah. for listening. All Skylar. What kind of wacky outro should we give this time? Shoot! <laughs>
was a beautiful harmony. Peace out. I got to pee.